welcome back to the Weekly Trusted Visions podcast. We are missing the team, David. I don't know why they would trust this in our hands, but hey, we'll, we'll do it together. So appreciate you being on here, David. Um, hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend and was able to take some time away, spend some time with family. We're going to continue down this journey this month of last week, we talked about the client facing areas to think about when making a transition, when you've made the decision that you're making a broker dealer change, and now you're diving into the weeds and the trenches to get through that transition. This week, we're going to continue down that path and talk about from an advisor enterprise or OSJ standpoint, the advisor things to think about. And this one works really well in your favor, David, because you're the technological genius and you talk about, you know, internet speeds and gigs and broadband versus cable. So this this aligns very well for you um, with your expertise. And and for our audience, this is really important. Um, There's a lot of things that go into a transition that you don't think about. You're so focused on the due to diligence process of looking for a broker dealer, talking about pricing or payouts or upfront money. You forget a lot of times to think about these small minute items that can become very, very important when you're making that move. And that's the advantage of working with firms like Trusted Visions and our our team is That's our job is to ask the questions that you either don't know to ask or don't think to ask. So I'm going to start with you, David. And, you know, if you could talk a little bit about, we're really talking about the infrastructure side and advisor facing or enterprise or OSJ side. Can you talk a little bit about some things to think about when it comes to systems, client data, and probably just as importantly, staffing to ensure that you're prepared to move, whether it's 500 accounts or we work with clients that had 30,000 accounts. Um, Can can you give our audience some perspective there? Absolutely, I appreciate it, Jeremy. Yes, when you're talking about infrastructure, you're you're talking about the meat and potatoes of what we're dealing with. And a lot of the times it's it's the the, the man behind the curtain that's basically taking care of all the information that's going on as involved with your practice. But I'm probably going to spend a, a, a lot more time on your CRM and your data, because by far, that's probably one of the most important, you know, when you're looking at your, your infrastructure, you're looking at your client, you're looking at what you've built. It's all built on the data and the information that you have. And, and we've seen it time and time again. If you want a successful transition, data is your, is your superstar. You got to have clean data. You got to have data that's actually in the system to allow to populate forms, you name it. Uh, When you're trying to do transitions, trying to look at anything that goes along with it, your data is key. So for one, you got to make sure you have a really good CRM and hope, uh, you know, when you're looking for a new partner, how important that's going to be, whether you can utilize the same CRM or if there's going to be a better CRM that you can actually export your data into to be able to utilize that inside of a transition. It's going to be extremely important because you got to make sure you have that data in there. And as you mentioned last uh, week, uh, Jeremy, when we talked about the advisor facing side of it, this is also something that's going to be extremely important. Have you categorized your clients and your A, B, C clients? And that has to be in there as far as your data. Uh, getting that information there is going to make you have a much better transition and also make sure that you're moving your, your core clients, your mo- most profitable clients over first and making sure they're taken care of and everything's uh, done seamlessly, hopefully on that side, especially moving your A clients, your B clients and your C clients, you're going to have different priorities for that. 
So making sure that you have that data that's actually in there and it's uh, effectively updated. And that's something you can think about, you know, hiring a temp, hiring a college student, hiring somebody that can basically get you. There's a lot of offices that we still work with that still have a lot of paper and you got to get that information in there. And if you're not tech savvy like uh, Jeremy over there, you, you're, you're smart enough to realize if you're smart enough to realize you built a successful practice, you got to be smart enough to realize if that's not your strong point, hire somebody to do it. There's a lot of temp agencies you can get involved with that can basically do data mining and can also get in there and basically just populate a lot of the information you have, especially if it's inside your files. And that's something to seriously consider before you ever make a transition or even talk to somebody about a transition. It's one of those things where you, when you when you start having a conversation about a plan B, part of that plan B conversation has to be what your data look like. And then when you look at that, the big part of that is the services. You know, what are your client, what services do your clients currently have? I always look at it as these are huge opportunities to uncover new opportunities with your current book, not just new opportunities out there because you may be looking at a different change and getting new services. Keep an eye on that while you're going through that client data. What are you, what are the services that they currently have? Are they utilizing all of the services that you have today? And would there be new services going forward? It's good to keep your thumb on that for the simple fact it's going to give you an opportunity to talk with that client about other new services or even services that you've been providing for years that they just haven't taken advantage of. So it does give you a huge opportunity to take a look at that. And then you got to go, when you start talking about CRM, you got to start talking about tech. Do you have websites? Do you have the infrastructures, computers, printers, everything that you're going to need to be be able to make a successful transition is having a lot of that uh, data in place. And as you mentioned earlier, having a strong internet connection is, is going to be key too. In this world where everything is bound upon the internet, if you're running on the, the basic package and you're trying to get a lot of things done inside of your office, it's not going to be beneficial, especially if you're looking at you know hiring an attempt to come in and clean up your data. You need to make sure you have a secure connection. You've got the, the available, everything available on that side. And that kind of really transitioned to you said uh, the infrastructure is the staffing side of it. When you look at it, what does your staff look like today? And if you're, you know, it's going to change between if you're one, you know, one advisor shop out there that we work with and you've got your own client, maybe one assistant or no assistant at all to all the way up to your you know, large super OSJs where they've got, you know, two, 300 advisors that work underneath their uh, OSJ. On that side of it, you really got to consider staffing across the board. And when you're looking at larger enterprises and things like that, do you have a point person? Do you have a problem resolution person? The be all catch all. And I always say, uh, I hate to say it, it's kind of your junk drawer uh, for your business in a lot of cases where an advisor has a problem, who do they contact and who can solve these problems and get these things taken care of? And do you have a tech person? Do you have somebody that's uh, part of your marketing team, technology, that's a there to work with your advisors to make sure their practice uh, works ef- efficiently and effectively and be able to have a point person for them to make sure they've logistically got all their data pulled together and they've got everything they need to make a successful, successful transition. And when you look at that, it's, it's, it's a big part of when you're looking at uh, making a transition is making sure your, your, your data is clean and having the, the appropriate staff, having the, the right people in the right positions uh, to make sure you get that uh, transition done uh, very effectively. Yeah, great points there, David. And, and one point I would say, when you talk about clean data, I would add to that complete data, 
And if you're <laughs> yes. an advisor, OSA or enterprise, and you just got the client basics of name and date of birth, you know, that's not going to help your transition because anything that you need to put on a new account form today, it's very likely in some form or fashion, you're going to have to put that same information when it comes to net worth and assets and risk tolerance and, you know, whether they're retired. So to your point, David, complete data is just as important as clean data. Now, a couple of points that I'm sure our audience doesn't think to, to ask is when you're looking at CRM systems or Allbridge, so to speak, or consolidated performance reporting, a lot of advisors utilize the heavily discounted version that the broker dealer offers. But yet what they don't realize is who does that data belong to? Um, and so from your perspective, and I know we've run across this a lot, when you talk about Redtail or Allbridge, how important is it to understand, hey, is that data exportable or does my exiting broker dealer have to give that vendor permission for, for us to you know, take that data? And I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. It's extremely important. Uh, when you're looking at when you when you're looking about a transition, looking at your contracts, look at your licensing, looking at everything that goes of all, uh, goes along with like protocol, knowing whether your CRM is going to capture that data or allow you to basically migrate that data to a new broker dealer is extremely important. Uh, and I talk to advisors a lot that, about that a lot when they look at, hey, I'm joining this new broker dealer. I've got this new opportunity. I've used my own CRM, but they've got one that comes free. Uh, free is not always what it's cracked up to be. Uh, when you're looking at what you pay as far as a CRM, that is your book. Uh, when you're looking at if, if you're, you're set up and you own the clients and you've got the, you're an independent advisor, your CRM is everything. Uh, and if you cannot pick up and move that CRM system or uh, move it to your new broker dealer, it's going to cause a lot of complications for you. And you're absolutely correct. Make sure you understand, even from your current broker dealer to your new broker dealer, what it looks like to utilize their CRM or what it looks like. And will they allow you to use your own? And how does that uh, do you need permissions from them? So making sure you understand the contract when it comes to your client data, because uh, that uh, can make or break you on that side. of it. I'm glad you brought that up because I think we nobody really thinks about that much. And it's always one of those things. It's like, well, it's my data. I've inputted it. It's mine. Well, depending on the CRM, you may not own it. Yeah, and to that point, and you being the technological guy that you are, you know, I'm sure your your advice to advisors is when you're looking at CRM systems or technology systems or vendors, that's not an area to skimp and just say, hey, I want to go with XYZ CRM because it's free versus another one that's a hundred dollars a month. Um, it's it's extremely important to make sure that you're getting a quality CRM system because it all starts there when it comes to a transition. Now, I'm going to pivot a little bit, David, and, and talk as we continue down this path of advisor-facing or OSJ or enterprise um, items to look at is looking at your office space, your branding. And so when you're looking at the wirehouse side, obviously, you're going to have to move office spaces. From a contractual standpoint, to David's point, make sure you're looking at your contract because we've seen a lot of contracts that say you're not able to um, to move office spaces within a 20 mile radius of your existing office. So make sure that you're looking at your off your contract to understand what you can and can't do with office space. 
whether it's branding, have you branded as the broker dealer? Have you branded as your OSJ? Um, that, and you're leaving your OSJ or enterprise and going to another broker dealer branding as yourself. Well, you got to come up with a DBA. You have to, you know, come up with a logo. Work with marketing professionals to come up with how you should brand yourself. Now, this is strictly my opinion, and I know a lot of successful advisors have done it. Is I always steer in the side of caution of branding as yourself, whether it be Perez Financial. And the reason for that is if you, as you add advisors, if that's your hope, then it's going to get a little confusing. Well, I thought it was Perez Financial, but Jeremy Belfieri is there. Um, Not saying you can't do it, but think of what your long-term plan is when you're branding. Make sure it fits your client audience for what you're looking to do, whether you're looking to go after high net worth clients, middle-class individuals, millennials, whatever it may be, your branding has to fit what you're looking to achieve long-term. Now, just like clean data and a transition, most advisors, OSJs, or enterprises are mainly thinking of, hey, you know, I got to worry about repapering my clients. This is an area you really got to take some time and think about going forward. Now, if you're not changing your branding, if you don't have to move office spaces so be it. It's it's not that difficult. You can focus on the client facing paperwork and everything. But if you do have to move office spaces, you know, where do you want to be? Are you going to be work from home? There's some ins and outs there. We know a lot of successful advisors that do it. Um, but it's important to work with consultants like ourselves and trusted visions to understand and think through what that long-term plan is, because I highly doubt any one of our audience want to make a move and then move again. The last thing I'll talk about is on a billing standpoint and a payroll standpoint. Most broker dealers either pay weekly or biweekly. Make sure you understand and ask that question of if you're used to getting paid weekly, hey, does your broker deal, your new broker dealer pay weekly? Do they pay on the 1st and the 15th? Just so that you're aware and there's not any surprises of, oh, I thought I was going to get paid. The other side, well, this is somewhat client-facing, it's also advisor-facing. When you're talking about advisory uh, billing, are you currently billing monthly in advance? Are you billing quarterly in advance? Does the new broker-dealer bill the same way that your, your old broker-dealer did? It's not a huge deal, but it's very important to understand just so that there's no surprises once you make that move, is understand what that billing is. And, and to David's point, when it comes to staffing, make sure you have that point person that can truly be the go-to from the broker-dealer to you as the advisor, the broker-dealer to you as the OSJ and back to your advisor. So, David, anything you want to add there that, that I missed on the infrastructure side of, of office space and, and branding? No, I think we uh, did a good job covering it all. It's it's the it's the not-so-flashy side of when you're looking at the transition is the 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 minutia we'll call it in some cases, but it's so extremely important uh, when you're looking at trying to make a successful transition. So it's 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 something you've got to be aware of. And like you said, it's these are kind of the questions and kind of the things people don't look at uh, when they're looking at looking at making a transition. And I always one other caveat I forgot to throw out there earlier is don't forget knowing your protocol, knowing what your restrictions are as far as your CRM with your current broker dealer is key uh, because a lot of people think, well, 
I can start printing data. I can start printing information from the CRM and I can start downloading things to hard drives and things like that. And, and compliance won't see that because I'm on an outside source. Knowing that knowing what your infrastructure is inside your CRM will protect you. If the, the client data, if there's some issues with client data and who owns the client data, uh, you don't want to be caught in the middle of that, uh, finding out that you're, you, you print out, printed everything off or downloaded everything to a hard drive. Technology, is, is, as, as difficult as it is for some, um, the technology out there can also come to be, uh, become a little bit of a hindrance for you. So make sure you've got your, uh, your T's crossed and your I's dotted in those situations to make sure that you keep yourself out of hot water. Exactly. Well, audience, we will continue down this path next week of, of really talking and diving into the weeds of, of making a transition. You've already made the decision that you're making a move. Should you have any questions or want to talk to somebody on the Trusted Visions team, please don't hesitate to comment on our LinkedIn or Facebook page or email us at info at trustedvisions.com. We will have the rest of the team back next week. David, thank you for, for being a part of this. The last thing the audience would want to see is just my face, but hope everybody has a great week and look forward to continuing down this path next week.